You're listening to Blood on the Tracks on TMB DOS Radio, a monthly, hour-long exploration and celebration of film soundtracks and scores. Welcome to episode four of Blood on the Tracks, an exploration and celebration of movie soundtracks and scores. I'm your host, Lee Russell, and we're on the second half of our poll that I ran on the They Must Be Destroyed on Site Facebook page a couple months back, asking people what they wanted to hear on this show. This episode is going to cover what tied with the subject of the previous episode, which was heavy metal horror soundtracks. This time out, we're going to be looking at Italian horror soundtracks, and boy, did I have a lot of shit to pick through. You know what I mean. I don't mean shit. I mean awesome music, actually, to pick through. Interestingly enough, when I finalized this list, and this was not planned, I discovered that nothing on this list is any earlier than 1971, and nothing is any later than 1981. So we have a little 10-year span here of interesting and excellent horror soundtracks from Italian films. And yeah, there's just so much stuff to mine here, so much stuff to sort through. Yet again, I always say this every episode, there'll be more parts to this where we come back and cover more Italian horror. So yeah, we're going to start out with, well, I was wondering who I should start out with here because there's really two choices. I could either go with Ennio Morricone, or I could go with Goblin. I decided to go with Goblin. Goblin, of course, were a group of studio musicians headed by Claudio Simonetti, and they were sort of brought together on a project by Dario Argento. I think they were known as the Cherry Five, or something along those lines, before Dario got his hands on them. And they've gone through many, many lineup changes. I think only the bassist, Fabio Pignatelli, was the only sort of mainstay in the official iterations of Goblin. Yeah, we're going to look at one of their most famous scores. Um, I think this is my favorite Goblin score. It's for Deep Red from 1975, and we're going to look at the main theme there. And then we're going to move on to the one that I think a lot of other people mostly credit as their best score. It's definitely their most unique and creative one. I'll definitely agree with that. And that is going to be Size from the movie Suspiria from 1977. So we'll do a little double bill of Goblin, and we'll come back. Thank you. 
All right, we're back, and now we're going to look at a composer by the name of Stelvio Cipriani. Now, he's probably best known for his score for A Bay of Blood, also known as Twitch of the Death Nerve, and that is from 1971, arguably one of the films that helped transition giallo films to just outright slasher films, and A Bay of Blood, of course, was ripped off heavily by the Friday the 13th series, among other things. So we're going to look at the title track from that. We're also going to move on to something that I didn't realize he did the soundtrack for, but it's quite frankly one of the worst movies ever made, and it's probably one of the worst movies ever made that no one actually talks about it being terrible, which is surprising to me because it is fucking terrible. It's it's an example of just the trashiest, laziest kind of Italian production that you can think of, and that would be Tentacles from 1977, which was just a really terrible Jaws ripoff in a onslaught of Italian Jaws ripoffs. And we're going to look at the track Too Risky a Day for a Regatta <laughs> from Tentacles. Cipriani himself also did Barren Blood, uh, Nightmare City, which is excellent, and apparently has composed music for Pope John Paul II and is working or has worked on music for Pope Benedict as well. So interesting balance of career choices there, I guess. But uh, yeah, we're going to move on to that. And we're also going to feature a song from the maestro himself, Ennio Morricone. Do I really have to talk about this guy at all? Uh, no. And I, I was in danger of just putting too much of his stuff on this so I decided to pick something really obscure that I hadn't even heard before from him and stick it on here instead. And this is going to transition us over to our second half of the show. But this will be The Light from the Satanic Panic ripoff film The Antichrist from 1974.
Don't worry, Mr. Mayor. We're going to blast that thing right back to wherever it came from. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Now to pause and refresh. For your convenience, we have an attractive refreshment stand in the lobby with buttered popcorn, golden good and hot from the popper, your favorite candies, wholesome and rich with a flavor treat for every taste, ice cream and other good things to eat, plus delicious Coca-Cola. So bright and bracing with the tang and tingle unt by any other beverage. Enjoy ice cold Coca-Cola at our refreshment stand right now. Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts is a weekly podcast that discusses grindhouse and exploitation cinema. Your three hosts, Mike. It's a quick. <laughs> Thank you. Come again. Not racist at all. Mark. If you bend over and you have what is essentially a pubic cottontail coming out of the crack of your ass, you need to do some goddamn grooming. And listener favorite, Iris. I do not have sex with that horse. <laughs> <laughs> will make you question your own political correctness while laughing at theirs. Episodes drop every Sunday and can be found by searching BB and BC Podcasts via Lipson, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and iHeartRadio. You can also listen to episodes directly from the show's website at badassesboobsandbodycounts.com. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Ah, necrophilia. Ah, ah, ah. It's a dead issue, man. Don't, don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, Trudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of here. unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this movie. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept Little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped from watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Looking for something different in your podcast library? Then why not check out the podcast Under the Stairs? I'm the host Duncan McLeish and joining me each week will be a special guest as we examine some classic old school horror favourites as well as some modern classics. That's not to say that we don't tackle some of the, let's say, more questionable entries into the horror genre. 
And if all that wasn't enough, we have a subset of shows called Baz V Horror, where our horror novice, The Baz, tackles horror in all shapes and forms to see who will come out victorious. So what are you waiting for? The show can be found at podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com and on Stitcher and iTunes. The Podcast Under The Stairs is a proud member of Legion Podcast Network. This is Duncan McLeish from Under The Stairs, signing off. Hello and welcome to Hello, This is the Doom Show. I am Richard. And I hate the burning. Shh, who are you? Speak. <laughs> and I'm Brad. She came in and said, bark, bark, bark. <laughs> and he said, bark, bark, bark. And she said, bark, 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 bark. That's what I got. One is the Suspiria boner. The other is the Inferno boner. <laughs> which, anyway. Which one is crying? <laughs> The boner of tears. <laughs> Hello, this is the Doomed Show. Is available on Hello Doomed Show. Podomatic. Com and Doomed Movie Thon. Com. Hello, hello. This is the Doomed Show. Richard, Brad, Jeffrey, Nava. This is a distress call from across time and space. I am Babs the automated biological support system for the humanoid known as the Witch. Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock is the weekly chronicle of his fight for survival and entertainment on the junk heap of the future. Episodes are transmitted in 15-minute pulses across the dimensional divide weekly for your listening pleasure. As you will learn, the future is not set in stone, and a flux capacitor is a girl's best friend. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Come join the rest of the Meat Popsicles in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash witch vs the doomsday clock. The replicant known as witch can be found on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr and Instagram by searching for T-H-E-W-Y-C-H. The Witch vs the Doomsday Clock is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Now in the words of Lord Humongous. Just walk away, and there will be an end to the horror. Bad movies. The world is full of them. From low-budget crap fests to downright unwatchable and only two men are willing to watch them all so climb in and take your seat this is short bus cinema let's do it hey everyone this is johnny krug from kruger nation and this is rick morgan from the helming power hour we have decided to team up and take you where no one has gone before. We're on a quest to find the world's worst movie, and we're doing it on the bus. 
Driving through cult classics in every genre to find the holy grail of bad movies. So if you're looking for something different and more fun than you can stand, then climb on in. Short Bus Cinema is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. That's right, yo. Short Bus Cinema. We'd love to watch the movies you hate. Okay, let's get this show on the road, gang. Okay, we're back for the second half of the show, and now we're going to be looking at some music connected to the films of Lucio Fulci. This little block here is going to have several songs on it, although most of them are pretty short. First off, we're going to be looking at the main title from Zombie 2 from 1979. Of course, this was the in-name-only sequel to Zombie, which was Dawn of the Dead in the overseas markets. Yeah, Lucio Fulci directed that, and the collaborator here, as far as composer goes, was one Fabio Frizzi, who collaborated with Fulci on many of his films, including Contraband, City of the Living Dead, The Beyond, Manhattan Baby, and even Cat in the Brain, and he did all kinds of other stuff too. And then we're going to move on to another collaborator with Fulci here, and this would be Walter Rizzotti, who did the score for House by the Cemetery, which over the last couple of years, I've come to believe is my absolute favorite horror movie soundtrack. This is one I just listen to all the time, over and over again. It's only about 35 minutes long, but I just love every piece of music in it. I think it just flows together really great. It's unique. I don't think anyone quite sounds like Rosati here. So what we're going to look at from House by the Cemetery are the tracks I Remember, Walt Monster, and Blanc Fasica. Fasica? I'm probably fucking that up. Either way, we're getting into it now.
Alright, now we're going to close out the show with our final block of music here. We're going to be looking at something that's fairly unique. It's got a special little place in Italian soundtrack history because it's an Italian soundtrack totally composed of songs from other Italian films. That would be Hell of the Living Dead from 1980, directed by Bruno Mattei, who basically just stole... Oh, I don't even know if he had anything to do with it, but... Someone on that production just stole songs from other Italian horror and genre films, stuck them together, and made a soundtrack and score out of it. I'm assuming Matai had something to do with it. But what we're going to be looking at is the main theme for that, and that was done by Louis Bakalov, and it was from a film that he scored called Blood and Diamonds, which is incredibly obscure. This song is probably more well-known from Hell of the Living Dead than anything else, strangely enough. Then we're going to move on to a film I have not seen. I just liked the piece of music when I was jumping around looking for stuff. This is Saba, Sequence 2 from All the Colors of the Dark. And this was done by Bruno Nicolai, who was a longtime collaborator with Ennio Morricone. And in fact, he was not only just a close friend and collaborator, he conducted many of his scores and he's done many iconic scores of his own. I think people unfairly kind of label him as an imitator when I think his stuff is fairly unique to Morricone's as well. So there you go. And then we're going to finish with probably one of the more iconic 1980s horror scores ever for one of the more notorious 80s horror films. We're going to be looking at the main title from Cannibal Holocaust from 1980 done by Riz Ortolani. I didn't do any real research on Ortolani himself, but this song is amazing because it's just one of those Italian soundtracks where a lot of the songs on it don't really match up to what's going on on the screen. But as you listen to it over and over again and watch the movies over and over again, they sort of take on their own sinister sort of double meaning. Uh, I think that's the case here. This is this very unassuming slightly melancholy, haunting kind of song that just, if you listen to it over and over again, suddenly becomes kind of scary and tragic compared when you uh, sort of contrast it to what's going on in the actual film. I am not going to be here next month for the next episode. Stepping in is going to be our good friend Lee Van Teeth, the Wolfman, the last real Wolfman of radio. And he is going to be taking you on a bumpy journey of werewolf films. Soundtracks and scores from films about our furry friends with fangs and teeth and a fetish for full moons. You can take that any way you want. Alright guys, thanks very much for listening. And I guess I'll see you guys in two months. And who knows what that episode's going to be about. I haven't decided yet. But thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to Blood on the Tracks. For other episodes of this program, as well as episodes of our main podcast, They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through.